Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Yorker, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, Cody Frankel. We got a great interview today with Stat Boy Steven talking about a lot of New York Rangers prospects. We're also going to talk about the Stanley Cup final. As you can tell in my voice, I am a little bit hungover. Cody, I assume you're a little hungover as well. What's going on, man? How was the weekend? It was good. It's still going. <laughs> <laughs> nice and A little nice more enthusiasm over there, bro. It was great. Nice and sunny out here. No, um, yeah, no, it was really good. It's it's sunny, so can't ask for much more. Kind of cold today. Beautiful, it's like freezing outside. It was. It's actually been windy all weekend. Mm-hmm. Like literally all weekend. It's kind of weird, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, all good. Not much. Not much more you can ask for than uh, than summer. So that's that. Um, anyways, have you been watching the uh, Stanley Cup final? Yeah, dude. I. Oh my God. I was blown away with that Colorado <laughs> team last night, dude, seven, seven, nothing. And not only did they like destroy Tampa Bay, but they, they made that game. I tweeted it last night. They made that game look like a men's league game at, at Chelsea pier. Like it, Tampa had no life, dude. Colorado took everything they had and brought it. To Tampa it, Bay. it reminded me of like, like their defense just completely caved in. And, and it makes you think back to Igor against Vazzy when they played because in that series, like, I don't think anybody like Vazzy played great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think anybody would say Vazzy outplayed Igor because he didn't. But like you saw yesterday, that brutal game for the lightning. And it just shows like Tampa without their defense, giving any effort. Obviously the Rangers did that a few times this year where Igor really had to carry us. Mm -hmm. So it's just so crazy and shows like how good Igor actually is in that situation. Because like, I, I I mean, this that Colorado team is is so good, and they made quick work of Vasilevsky, right? So it's like you look at that and you think about how tough this team would have been to beat. Like I know Tampa's down two zero, and they've been down two zero and been down two zero. Like I, I can't see them coming back from this. I just can't see it. It's funny. I said to uh, I was tweeting with somebody, one one of our followers, um, about I'm gonna, I'm gonna find his name actually. I want to give him a shout out. It was your daily Twitter troll. No, 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 not a troll at all. Um, an actual, an actual, like nice interaction with Cody the Tiger, Tom Consoli or Consali, however you pronounce that. Um, you know, we were kind of just talking about this Tampa team against the Rangers, how the Rangers have matched up against Colorado, and mm-hmm. I was just saying, like, thank God the Rangers like didn't have to play against Colorado because it would have been so discouraging. I know we talk about it a little bit with that boy Steven, so I don't want to touch on it. But man, yeah. like this team, I, I've been betting against Tampa for the last three years. I, I like didn't think they'd win um, any Stanley Cup. Actually, no, last year I think I bet against, I bet on them against Montreal. But I've kind of like counted Tampa out almost every year, which is you know bad on me, shame on me, yeah. whatever. But this is the first time where I'm like, okay, I think they're actually cooked. Like they can't keep up with this Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And let's just say I'm I'm very happy I hedged my Rangers bet with a Colorado bet in February because. At least, I'm I'm winning, I'm winning some money out of this. Um, I listen. It, it could be argued like Tampa's maybe tired from the Rangers giving them a ton of close games and like pushing them to the brink and stuff like that. But I mean, this Colorado team, man, they just have so many dynamic scores and they're just they're a really good team, you know, to to play against. And they have all these stars, and I know Tampa does too, but. I, I mean, it, it's just like it, it yesterday was tough to watch. Like yeah. yesterday was just tough to watch, you know, but other than that, let's get into some Rangers, obviously a few exciting weeks coming up with the draft and, and, you know, free agency. I, I think not that many people are going to pay as close attention to the draft. Cause of course we don't have a first round pick and, um, and, and that, but there could be some moves that happen during the draft, which will be exciting. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the off season is definitely going to be interesting as well. We talked about it a little bit in our interview, but, uh, one thing we didn't touch on that I wanted to actually ask you was the capo caco situation. I mean, what are you doing if you're another GM right now? And, and what are you thinking like in regards to an offer sheet? Um, we saw this happen a few years ago with Kaka Niemi, 
like, would you exploit the Rangers cap situation right now and, and try to ultimately pry Kako away? Um, similar to what went down with Kakaniemi, because I'm looking at this, like, you know, if I'm the devils or the Islanders or, or one of the teams, that's not particularly fond of the Rangers. Like it's kind of a chance for them to be petty if they have the cap space and like, see if something's in, you know, if he'd be interested in going there or something like that. So like, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? I don't see why not. I mean, it doesn't hurt to try, right? I think a team that could really use a guy like Capo Caco is like a sim. Honestly, a team that should really kind of go after him is like a Buffalo. You know, Buffalo oh God, is. Dude, don't do that to him. <laughs> I mean, I, I, listen, I would never want to ship him there, but like, if I'm the Buffalo Sabres, like they have all these young guys now that they're, they don't have the highest of expectations, but to get a guy like Kako and, and maybe develop him in a different way that the Rangers haven't been, right. could be super beneficial to them, right? Like they have so many of these uh, top picks from the past couple of years, but obviously they shipped away Eichel. So to get a guy with the potential on the ceiling, like Capo Kako could be huge for the Buffalo Sabres. So, right. um, you know, that's a team that I think would try to go after him, right? Like they weren't even that bad towards the end of the year. Alex Tuck came in and, and uh, I think Krebs came in. Krebs. Right? Krebs, Krebs, Krebs yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And they kind of helped turn the narrative around Buffalo around. Like they actually were able to win some games. Like, yeah. so there is a little bit of hope. So I think a team like Buffalo would be, one to eye in the capo capo they'd be a team to eye capo caco in that situation but then again i don't really know buffalo's cap space and their situation money wise but i i would think they'd be like a a team to go after capo caco well you have to think drury knows this right you have to think he knows that if he doesn't sign caco obviously by Mm -hmm. this July 13th deadline. I, I would assume he'd want to have it. I don't know when they're allowed to tender the offer sheets or, or whatever. I, I can't remember. I always forget if it's like a week before free agency or two weeks. I want to say July 8th, but I might've made that up. But, like <laughs> you have, but you have to think Drury knows that, that this could be coming and that he's going to try and wrap up this Kako deal, like at least a week before that deadline. So he could just avoid any, you know, any, uh, any fantasies in that regard from other teams. So, I mean, you would know better than me. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's true. But, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to, to see what happens there. Uh, I I do want the kid back. I think he's, I think he's got a lot of talent and a lot of, you know, untapped potential that has, that hasn't really been like honed into yet. And I think it's just a matter of like putting him on a combination with a team. And like, we saw what he did with the kid line, right? We saw Mm. what he did with the kid line. And I think something like that would really get him going and honestly put him with Kravtsov, like put Mm. him with a guy like Kravtsov and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. But um, I don't know. Is there is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Otherwise, I wanted to talk about our new exciting sponsorship. Yeah, go for it. Announce the uh, the big deal. Awesome. So we have a new awesome partnership with Underdog Fantasy. Um, it's a really cool daily fantasy app where if you download the app, you can use the code Blue Yorker, all caps and in one word, and they'll match up to $100 of your first deposit. So basically free money if you put a little money in. Um, it's it's really cool. You can you know play with friends, play against friends. You can choose daily picks, um, pick ems And they also have something pretty cool where you can choose up to like a five leg parlay. So you can do obviously two leg, three leg, four leg, five leg, whatever. And you get a multiplier. So if you do the five leg and you can get a 20 X multiplier. So for example, if you're betting $10, you could win a hundred dollars. If you hit a $200, sorry, not a hundred, you can win $200 if you hit all five. So it's pretty sweet. And uh, you know, they have hockey, they have football, they have baseball, and uh, I think for my next bet, I'm probably going to hammer the over for Nathan McKinnon to have an ex- assist because we obviously just talked about what happened yesterday and he did not have one point in yesterday's game, which is like crazy to me. So I think that's like <laughs> money in 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 Monday's game. I, I think that's as money as it gets is for him to have an assist there. Um, and, and a good parlay there would be Kale McCarr three shots or more because he's had four shots in three of his last four games. And obviously you saw he had two goals last night. So I'm not even joking. I just placed my underdog picks for the game for game three. My two. No, I took under Nathan McKinnon's assists. Oh, I literally asshole. showed you right here. <laughs> I took under, the under, under 0.5 assists from Nathan McKinnon. And I parlayed that with Sam coast over three shots. I think, I think it's Tampa's game to like, really just try to figure it out and get momentum back in this series because like, this is, I think, if anything, a must win for Tampa. And I don't throw must win out there a lot, but you're not coming back down through nothing against Colorado. It's just it's just not happening. Uh, what oh, in, the, so? in, the, in the Stanley Cup too? What you thought the Rangers couldn't do it in 14? 
They didn't. Exactly. Yeah. No. It was sarcasm. But... Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I just think, like, I, I expect Tampa to bring their best effort of the season, obviously, tomorrow. Um, you know, obviously, John Colorado. Cooper's pissed. Oh, dude. And, he's, but he's also such a good coach and can make those adjustments. And Stamkos has been so good throughout the playoffs. I expect him to at least get three shots on goal. And, you know, McKinnon, if, if Tampa is going to be successful, I mean, obviously, he didn't have any points in the last game. Well, but, you know why he didn't have any points? Why? Who was on him? Sorelli? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, he has been unbelievable. Like, he, he's their one. He's been their one shining star. I mean, Stamkos has played great. Kucherov's been a little quiet for the playoffs. He's just been very inconsistent. Right, right, which is so unlike him because I feel like he's the one guy who always takes over and he, you know, put the team on his back for those back-to-back cups and so on. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Sorelli, this this guy, I, I wanted him so bad and I wanted us to give him an offer sheet. Speaking of offer sheets, like two years ago or whatever it was, and then, of course, they signed him to that big deal this year. But mm-hmm. he's just a guy. I mean, ugh, I, I, if the Rangers could figure out a defensive player like that, like a Trocek or someone like that, I think this team is in great shape. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. And like you said, like having a guy that is, I think someone, I forgot who was talking about it. Someone was talking about potentially giving Sorelli the con Smythe if Tampa wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't not, you mm-hmm. can't not. I mean, who else, who else from Tampa like deserves it right now? I mean, Stamkos is playing great. Palat's playing great. Vazzy was playing like, you know, Vazzy, even Vazzy has been like inconsistent. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's been down, been up, whatever. Like Sorelli has been their one constant guy who has mm-hmm. really just shown how valuable he is. Especially without, without Braden point. Goals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, points back now, but no, I'm saying like in the last round yeah. or two. No, you're not wrong. You're not um, wrong. But yeah, I think, you know, aside from that, anything else you want to talk about or should we send it over to sad boy, Steven? No, let's send it over to Steven. All right, sweet. This week, we're very happy to welcome on a new friend of the show, someone we've been familiar with for a long time. Any Ranger fan who doesn't follow him already should because he knows everything when it comes to prospects. So we're really happy to welcome on our friend, Stat Boy Steven. Stat Boy or Steven, I don't know what to call you. What's going on, man? It's good, it's good to stats. have you on from Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, Steven's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's weird how, how that name came to be like. Uh-huh. You know, I've been, I've been, I would, that's been my Twitter handle for about seven years now. Yeah. And I was actually, I've joined Twitter and followed you. That's it was actually a nickname my ex-girlfriend came up with because when we would watch Ranger games, I would always have my laptop next to me and I would look up stats while the game was going on. Like someone would score and I think it would be like a weird thing. I would look up when was the last time this happened. Mm-hmm. And then I set up my account and yeah, the prospect stuff came later. So yeah. But uh, uh, nice to be uh, nice to be on your on your show, guys. Looking forward to it. Likewise. Well, I guess I'm gonna start here first and foremost. You're European. You're from the Netherlands. <laughs> you're living in Ireland right now. You had mentioned, you know, you lived in South Africa and a few other places. So, how did the Rangers come about in your life? That is that's a question. I, I should probably just write like a, a post about uh, about it, and that I could just link every time someone asks. Um, so yeah i was born and raised in the netherlands in the early 90s my parents were going through a rough time leading into leading up to a divorce uh so every day i would come home from school i would go into my parents bedroom watch tv because you know early 90s there were two tvs in the house one in the living room and and one of my parents bedroom Mm -hmm. and i was about seven or eight years old and um one of the tv stations we had was called screen sport Later on, they merged with Eurosport, which is probably a more familiar name to some. Um, and in the early 90s, they actually showed NHL highlights every day at 4 p.m. And I'd be in school until 3.30. It's about a 10-minute walk home. So it was perfect timing. So for me, every day, like between October and April, I would just come home from school, uh, get like a, a drink, like, like, a, like a, a, a box of apple juice or whatever, mm-hmm. And I would just sit on my parents' bed, turn on the TV, and I watch NHL highlights. And that's how I sort of got into it. And the reason I picked the Rangers is a weird one, I guess. Uh, but I was I was intrigued by the fact that they were the only team without a logo on their jersey. Interesting. That's true, because they had the diagonal letters. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. funny that yeah. that's what stood out the most. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got... A lot of people in the Netherlands support the Philadelphia Flyers because they mm. play in orange. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins were very popular back then because of Yarmar Yager, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, the LA Kings because of Wayne Gretzky. I remember owning 
a uh, a leather baseball hat uh, of the LA Kings mm-hmm. in like the early nineties with like the old Kings logo on it. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, Chevrolet logo, or whatever, like the that kind of logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was it was just because Wayne Gretzky was playing for them. You know, everyone mm. was watching the LA Kings because of Wayne Gretzky. And right. Um, but I, for some reason, I I picked the Rangers because of a very arbitrary reason. Uh, started following them and never stopped. My my dad would often go to the American bookstore in The Hague and he would pick up like uh, newspapers from New York. Uh, so it would be like the Daily News or the New York Post. And he would bring it home and I would like read the articles about the New York Rangers. And my dad liked it because it it, it was, uh, you know, a way for me to uh, to to improve my English. Uh, so he didn't have any problems with it. He's a teacher himself. So mm. he was always very, very interested in teaching me new new things. And yeah, just one thing led to another. It started in the mid 90s, like 95, 96. We got Internet at home. So I started watching articles online or reading articles online. Early 2000s is when the first illegal streams came out, uh, 200 by 300 pixels. You couldn't see the puck at all. <laughs> those um, days. But, you know, uh, and, and, and it just grew from there. And then like the mid 2000s until 2010, there was this website called hockeystreams.com. Rest in peace. No longer. <laughs> that was the best site ever. You would pay 80 euros a year. And they had illegal streams for every league, NHL, AHL, OHL, WHL, QMJHL, everything. Uh, that was like, you know, like, like paradise. And there throughout the years, you know, you, you start to follow a little bit more message boards come along. There's some Facebook groups. And, and in 2016, flew to New York for the first time, attended my first Rangers game. Uh, Rangers beat the Oilers 5-3. Uh, Gretzky was in the building, so it was pretty, pretty cool. cool. McDavid on the ice, yeah. Um, not a bad first NHL game to go to. No, Um, definitely not. Oh no, I was gonna say, like, how did the whole prospect thing come about? So back in 2017, uh, I was working for Microsoft, uh, and I was offered a data center manager role in Vienna, Austria. So I relocated. uh, So in the meantime, I had lived in like South Africa and Denmark. Mm -hmm. Um, went back to the Netherlands in 2010. Um, and then in 2017, I was offered a, a job in Vienna, Austria. So I relocated there and Vienna is pretty close to the Czech Republic. You know, right. um, they have some teams that play in the champions hockey league here in mm-hmm. Europe. So we had Folunda that played, that played like two hours yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, uh Garden with Alexander Holtz played in Vienna. I saw Tim Stutzler play in Vienna. Really? Before That's, cool. That's cool. That's so cool. that that way I just started following prospects and I would you know I would I would fly to Sweden and Finland for work regularly and I would always try to match that with some games so I would watch Nils Lundqvist play for Lulio in Sweden Good old uh, Nils. I saw Capo Kako play for TPS several times in Finland uh, I started going to junior tournaments like the under 24 nations in like the Czech Republic stuff like that and especially those those youth tournaments there there's not a lot of fans there's like maybe 50 fans and the other 75 people are nhl scouts mm-hmm. um so it's very easy to interact with uh with players and you start to interact with scouts and and you know once you start interacting with them i i thought you know well why don't i just start tracking everything and started doing some prospect interviews and I've been doing them ever since I started a new batch now, um, released the first one this week and I have a, seven more coming up in the following weeks. Well, I'll promote that. We'll promote that on our page. And stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then on Twitter, I was just doing stats for a couple of years and then I started just doing prospect updates. Every time a prospect scored a goal, I would post a video. Mm-hmm. And then during the pandemic, when the NHL was canceled, um, I started posting prospect schedules and recaps every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern, uh, just so Ranger fans had something to look forward to. You know, maybe you wanted to watch hockey that evening, and there right. is no, you know, there is no Rangers game. Um, and that's become like my daily routine now. So I, I now I do prospect interviews at a regular updates, those those daily schedules and recaps, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun and. Honestly, I have to thank the Rangers for not covering their prospects at all. You know, it's kind of frustrating, though, that the New York Rangers went through a whole rebuild and they and they couldn't care less about 
giving us some decent coverage on their prospects. I feel like that's most NHL teams, though. I feel like everyone kind of has someone similar to you in each organization where it's yeah, maybe, maybe. On it. but if I look at other teams, like, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into a Rangers passion, yeah. mm-hmm. but in 2018, when the Carolina Hurricanes won the draft lottery and they picked Andre Svechnikov, mm-hmm. they had like a four episode series on their own YouTube channel called Inside the Storm. It's like 12 mm-hmm. minute episodes. So in total, right. about 45 to 50 minutes of content where they go over the war room, scouting, the combine, drafting Svechnikov, him coming to, to rally for the first time. And then a year later, the Rangers get the second overall pick in the lottery. And I was kind of expecting the Rangers to do something similar, but we never really got anything. Right, right. So, and it's it's funny you say that because I think you're kind of right in that sense. And what's interesting is I feel like Brennan Othman is maybe the first Rangers prospect who I've actually seen them start to cover pretty heavily. Like, in, mm-hmm. in you know, I'm seeing like a good amount of, it, it might just be because he's he's a beast and, you know, is scoring every night and things like that. But I feel like I've seen a lot of, updates and and you know content coverage on him this past year where i haven't seen that in the past even when i mean i guess it it also alludes to the fact that lafreniere and kako right they immediately went to the team so they didn't actually you know they got picked and then they started with us right whereas othman now had this year of development and so on but it definitely is interesting and and i did want to circle back because i know you had mentioned neil's lungfist the do you have any updates on the latest on his development? Um, do you think he'll get another shot at that third pair next year? Or do you feel the Rangers might prefer, you know, someone like Zach Jones over Niels uh, in the lineup next year? It's really difficult to figure out what the Rangers want to do because Chris Drury really doesn't release any information. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very, very serious about, you know, keeping everything like plays it close to the vest, so to speak. Right. Um, but looking at the way the team's constructed, it kind of makes sense for them to keep Nils Lundqvist in the organization because Jacob Truba is going to be a cap casualty either next year or in 2024. Yeah. You know, well, he has, it, no, he has a no move, right, until 2024? Until 2024, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, t- players have waived no move clauses. Right. Um, and, right. And the way I see it, a no move clause is not always about staying in the same place. It's more about getting the opportunity to pick your next destination. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2023, the Rangers could sit down with Truba and say, hey, listen, we we want to trade you. You get to pick where you go. You waive your no-move clause for one or two destinations and we'll try to make it work. Yeah. You know, that way he can use his no-move clause to decide where he goes next instead of waiting until 2024 when the Rangers can trade him to, I think, 16 teams. Right. Yeah, something cannot, like that. Yeah. And he cannot block a trade to. So it's all about leverage. It's all about negotiations. But that $8 million cap hit has to go because they have Lafreniere coming up. Uh, his ELC is expiring next year. Keandre Miller's ELC expires next year. Right. Same with Jack Jones. Uh, Kako this year, of course. Um, so they, they're going to have to do something. And, and when Truba is traded away, it kind of makes sense to move Schneider into that second pair mm-hmm. and have Lundqvist then come in from Hartford on the third pair. Right. Yeah, that um, makes sense. I wonder if it could kind of put a a wrench in those plans or 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 whatever the term is there if Truba is named captain because I wonder if that may essentially kind of like force the Rangers hand in that aspect to not making that type of move if they do end up naming him the next captain because he he obviously was one of the, you know, two three leading candidates there. They traded Callahan though. And that's true, but I yeah. doubt they'd name him captain and then yeah. trade him immediately well, after. I mean, maybe maybe that's also the reason they haven't named their captain. Very true. Yeah. yeah, very true. I also think Mark Giordano this year was named captain of Seattle and he got shipped off at the deadline. Well, yeah, Seattle but I, I would consider that a different <laughs> circumstance because yeah. now oh, it's yeah. a pension draft and he only had one year left. But yeah, right. I mean, being a captain does not make you immune to being traded away. Um, right. But at the same time, if they wanted to name Truba captain, it probably would have happened by now. Like I said, he's been here three years. Um, and he cr- say, we could say the same for Kreider and Zabanajet and Panarin. They've been here for three years and they, they haven't been named captain. They've been ultimate captains. So I don't know what their plan is. Uh, right. But cap-wise, with all the other big contracts being 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 wrapped in no-move clauses anyway, like you know uh, Panarin, Zabanajet, 
Fox when his RFA years are over. They're not trading Fox anyway, but no. <laughs> Truba makes the most sense because you have Schneider who is now developing into that similar role. Um, and you might, as a defense, take a step back for a year if you replace Truba with Schneider. But long term, it seems like that's the right move to make. Right. Um, and if you make that move, do you want to go out and acquire a third pair defenseman or you just stick it out with Nils Lundqvist for another year in Hartford and just have him transition into that role and, and have someone that's already in your organization? This is, um, I feel like, such a difficult time, though, to be a fan of this team because obviously there's so much moving in and out. And yeah. I, now more than ever, I mean, I, I've obviously been a little bit more into Twitter in the last like two years than I have been in my whole life. So I'm just like seeing more stuff out there. But it's so hard to just like be in the present and be in the moment with a team like this Rangers team when there is so much youth talent. And I, I'm looking at the jerseys behind you, and it's really cool. I love your setup with Kravstov, mm-hmm. Othman, Lundqvist, Lafreniere, Kreider, and Shesterkin. And obviously mm-hmm. that says Shesterkin, which we got to get to that too because I don't know the story behind that. But I see you post about it all the time. But in your shoes, in your position, when your kind of focus is looking forward toward the future – Obviously, you want the team to win the Stanley Cup this year, right? But it's also at the same time, like for me, I wasn't that upset when they lost to Tampa because I like I knew it's like this wasn't meant to be this year. It's not it's not mm-hmm. right now. It's it's the next two, three years, even four or five. And obviously, I watched the game last two, night. Three. Huh? I two, said three? two, three, two, three. OK, <laughs> but I watched I watched the game last night and I tweeted. I was like, honestly, like, thank God the Rangers lost because they would have gotten fucking pummeled to this Colorado team. And I wouldn't have been able to watch that. So for you, are you like almost way more encouraged that they didn't even make the cup final or, or is it like, ah, I just wish we got there. Even if we didn't stand a chance. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a yes or no question, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Do I, do I wish the Rangers would have gone to the Stanley cup final? Of course, because you want a chance to win the cup, but, but if they almost how, got destroyed, it's like, but looking at how Colorado plays, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, it's matchup based. Um, yeah. Would that have been, would that have had a negative effect on this group when you get absolutely destroyed and possibly swept in a Stanley Cup final, as opposed to losing in the conference final while taking the two-time Stanley Cup champion to six games? Mm-hmm. And going down swinging. You know? Yeah, it's, it's mentally, you can make a case that getting eliminated in six in the Eastern Conference final might be better for this team. But it's all hypothetical. But mm-hmm. um, look, the Rangers were never supposed to be go this far. You know, the Rangers are only three years away from their first top pick, and I've been I've been very vocal about this. You know, the Rangers need to be patient. Their fan base needs to be patient because if you look at the Chicago Blackhawks, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they took six to seven years to go from their first top five pick to winning a Stanley Cup. Right. The Rangers are only three years away from their from their first top pick. So I always, for me, it was always 2024. That was like the, the, where your cup window opens up. Mm-hmm. And of course, not every situation is the same. Of course, we signed Panarin and we already had Zibanejad and Kreider. But look, the Chicago Blackhawks signed Marion Hosa. The LA Kings had big contracts on the books when they won their cup in Dowdy and Kopitar. Sure, yeah, they right. at them, but they were still their big contracts, you know? Uh, the Penguins had Malkin. Uh, Caps. Crosby, uh, Latang, you know, they also had big contracts. There's no, there's no one formula for success. And, and I think that's important to remember as well, but the Rangers just need to build on this. And if they, if they make it to the second round next summer, I don't consider that a step back because that would still be what I expected them to be before we went through so far this year. Right. My, my expectation for this year was make it to the first round. Next year, make it to the second round. And 2024, you go final four or beyond. And then you are a contender for hopefully five years, maybe more. Um, and this team is young enough. You know, Capo Caco is only 21. The Sedin twins didn't hit 50 points in a single season until they were 25. And they're pretty good. <laughs> and the Colorado Avalanche, you know, we praised them. But their rebuild took 13 years. Yeah. Right. They drafted Duchesne third overall in 2009. Landeskog second overall in 2011. McKinnon in 2013 was first overall. Then they had Ronton in 10th overall in 2015. Every other year they had a top 10 pick. It took them 13 years to get here. Yeah. Yeah. And and they uh it's interesting because you look at the Avs in terms of a formula 
for success in this in this latest core group, right? Surrounded by Makar and, yeah. and Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, all those guys. And it, it's interesting to look at their past few postseasons. And last year, I mean, last year they were, I think they were the cup favorites too, or they were top yeah. three at least for sure. And, you know, they had an, a pretty early out. So it's it's interesting to see a team's development like this Rangers team. And I do think, and I've said this to Johnny, I do think this is the core that, could ultimately bring the cut back to New York, but it definitely hinges on the development of, of some of these younger guys, right? We're, we're a top two young team in the league and we need guys like Kako and, and Heedle and Lafreniere to really take that next step yeah. that players like McKinnon took, right? McKinnon, everybody uses him as the example for Lafreniere. Like, oh, Lafreniere didn't have that crazy, crazy breakout year yet, but look at McKinnon. He didn't either. But I think it's different in that regard because McKinnon obviously took that step and he's he's top two in the league, top three in the league. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see kind of how this plays out over the next year or two. And I think you're absolutely right in, in the sense that, you know, 2024 is like the year you look at like, all right, this team should be legitimately competing for the cup now. But also that being said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it next year either. I mean, if, oh, if Drury, Drury makes the right yeah. moves, yeah. If they get there before 2024, that's great. But right. I'm not going to be upset if they don't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, I love and- the Blackhawks comparison, honestly. I think it's so spot on. I mean, that Blackhawks team went, you know, I, I watched them, remember, like 20, 2007, 2008 playing against the Vancouver Canucks and those teams. And then 2009, they get to the conference final and take on Detroit that, you know, that pretty good Detroit team. That was almost a dynasty. <laughs> I think in that, in that Four early 2000s, cups. no, no, the early 2000s though, like they won a couple cups, you know, um, yeah, they, they won the they won. 2008. They won. Yeah. yeah. So they won in 97, they won in 98. Then they yeah. won in 2002 again, 2002, yeah. and then 2008, yeah. 2008. And then they lost the final in 2009. 2009. Yeah. yeah. But that, that 2009 year, they beat the Blackhawks to get there. And then the following yeah. year, the Blackhawks got the revenge and beat them. Yeah. So it was that like was a similar team, matchup. That was a team that Chicago lost to in their first postseason since their rebuild. Right. This is the Rangers' first postseason since their rebuild. And they lose to the defending cup champions who are now potentially losing in the final. It's almost poetic how yeah. similar those, those two seasons are for the Blackhawks and for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So all that being said, um, obviously, Chris Drury has a pretty tall task ahead of him for this offseason. Um, you know, and if you're Chris Drury, what what does your ideal offseason look like right now in terms of like RFAs, uh, UFAs, resigning, bringing someone new in? What's it, what's it to you? Well, with the way the team's constructed right now, they have money for one decent signing. The right. rest will just be you know, entry-level contracts, uh, players on one-year deals, cheap deals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have Kravtsov who signed for 875000 for one year. Those kind of deals is probably what you're going to look for in your bottom six. And then you have, if you sign Kako to an extension for $2 million or $2.5 million, that leaves you with about four to $5 million for one decent signing. Yep. Now, the question is, do you want to give that money to Ryan Strom? He probably wants more. You want to give it to Andrew Kopp. He probably wants more as well. Um, so what are your options then? Are you going to go for a veteran like Paul Stasny? Are you going to go for, you know, more depth? Do you sign Tyler Mott and maybe like a, like a, a, a journeyman for $2 million just for one year? Or do you not use the cap space at all, wait until the deadline, and then make a big trade for a center then? Mm-hmm. That is in his last year of his contract that could help you in another cup run and just take it one year at a time because we still have 3.4 million in cap penalties on the books this upcoming season as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I don't think a team is ever going to win a cup when they have multiple millions in cap penalties on the books. Yeah. Didn't didn't Tampa do that last year? Tampa didn't have any, didn't have any cap penalties. They, what was their they, cap situation? They like they LTIR. Yeah. Well, they they were very creative with the LTIR, yes, yeah. but they didn't have any depth dead cap space. They didn't have any buyouts on the books. I want to ask you, like on top of that, on top of that though, I, I keep seeing a lot of different Ranger fans like saying Paul Stastny is is the guy to bring in. I, I think that's like so typical, like New York Rangers bringing a guy after yeah. his after his prime. Like like similar, like obviously Brad Richards was was a fine <laughs> player for the Rangers, but was he the guy that was gonna you know, be the difference maker? Probably not. I mean, I know 
he had some strong seasons here. But I, I, would you want Paul Stastny or would you aim younger? Because the league continues and continues to get younger. And I look at a guy like, you know, obviously it's a defenseman, so it's different. But Akhil McCarr is, you know, changing the league and changing the outlook yeah. of the league. Like he is so young and, he, and he's. It's not just Kale McCarr, it's Adam yeah. Fox too. The way There's Adam so Fox plays on the power play, mm-hmm. he's right. breaking ankles every game, you know, and. Look, I don't think Paul Stastny is going to be a solution, but mm-hmm. more just a plug for a year. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I really want to commit to that or rather just, you know, see it out until the deadline or maybe a little bit before the deadline where you make a trade in February or, or late January. But it, it also depends on, on what you see your young guys do this upcoming season. Do you think that Philip Hedo is finally ready to step into that second line center role? Right. I don't. Do you? Because if the answer is yes, then you're only looking for a third line center. And that's a whole lot easier to do in a free agency or in a trade than to go out there and get a second line center. Right. If if you don't trust Hedo to be a second line center, who are you going to commit to? Because you cannot commit long term because next year you have those other contracts coming off the books that need resigning and Lafreniere and Miller. The the salary cap is, is holding the Rangers back probably more than most other teams. And Drury needs to find a creative way to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. One, one thing I had mentioned to Johnny and a few of my friends who I've been speaking with, an interesting thing could be if he, if we do feel Heedel is ready to take that step and then let's say you plug in even good Drew in the third C and then maybe you resign mod or whatever for the four C like maybe you can use that money for a winger. If you kind of want to go get a little creative and, and get a $4 million winger who can help this team. Someone like, I mean, you know, Palat obviously is probably going to get more than that, but somebody along those lines, you know, of that talent. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's definitely something where Drury is going to have to get creative. So and, and, here, here's another question though. Do yeah. you really want to pay a f- uh, $4 million for a winger that's going to be on, the, on your third line? Because mm. I think everyone agrees that Kako and Lafreniere are going to be in the top six this upcoming season. I don't think Kako will. I, I don't know if Kako will. I don't know if Kako will, and I I could see something like him and him and Kravtsov on the third on the third line wings, or you know, if obviously if Kravtsov plays for us, but it it's yeah, it's no, it it does raise the question, and it's something that's going to be kind of interesting to see how it unfolds. And I I feel like this time in in three weeks we're going to know, right? Free agency is going to open, and and we're going to kind of know the situation, know what's going on. Yeah. But there's a lot of different ways Jury can go about it, and. I do think it's going to be a challenging test for him because, like you said, this cap is really restricting this team, and I'm pretty sure it gets even worse next year. So, I, I know one thing: whatever Drury does is not going to be popular. Yeah. <laughs> not, well, nothing ever is. He does is <laughs> because, although the deadline deals this year were pretty fucking amazing. No, no, I don't think but, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, the Rangers don't have the cap space to go out and get like the guy everybody wants. You mm-hmm, know, they right. don't have the cap space to trade for. Patrick Kane. They don't have the cap space to sign Nazem Kadri or Johnny Gaudreau. They they don't have, they're not in a situation where they can make that kind of commitment. So yeah. the moves you're going to make are going to be at best underwhelming. And there's going to be a lot of second guessing, but that's par for the course with this fan base, isn't it? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. last year when the Rangers drafted Brendan Othman, I mean, collectively, we as fans were like, oh my God, I cannot believe they didn't drive the center. I know, I know. <laughs> and well, in 2019, with Braden with Schneider, we did the exact same thing. And look at Braden Schneider now. Look at Brandon Othman now. So sometimes we just have to trust the process, I guess. Well, I also think people are kind of sleeping on Brett Burrard. He's a really good college prospect for Providence. And yeah, he's- yeah. And, and this is why I really wish the Rangers would do more about their prospect coverage. Mm-hmm. Because showing a little a little blurb on the broadcast for 10 seconds doesn't do it justice. Yeah, yeah when right. you have Brennan Othman scoring 50 goals in the OHL and, and all it gets is 10 seconds during, during, uh, a, during a, a, a little break mm-hmm. in a regular season game, mm-hmm. it just doesn't do it justice. Brett Berard has been – Brett Berard was the best player on – on Team USA that won gold at the World Juniors, and he was 18 mm-hmm. years old. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the most coverage it got was like maybe 20 seconds on the MSG 150. You know, yeah. we have really good prospects in the system, and I wish the Rangers would just showcase it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that being said, I mean, 
you did mention Othman. I mean, is there any likelihood we might see Othman or Cooley in our lineup next season? I mean, do you think one of them might have an advantage over the other? Um, as you just suggested, maybe the Rangers go about making a move at the deadline. Like, could we potentially see a Keandre Miller type of situation where they really, really overperform in camp and whatnot, and, and the team thinks they're ready, and one of them comes up and starts with the team? Do you think that's a possibility? I think Othman has a better chance of making the team out of camp than Cooley. That's not necessarily about, it's not necessarily about him being more NHL ready, but more the situation he's in. So Mm -hmm. with Othman only turning 20 in January, he's not eligible to go to the Hartford Wolfpack. Right. It's, It's a rule that the NHL and major juniors in Canada have had in place since the, I think, early 70s. If a player is drafted out of the OHL, WHL, QMJHL, he cannot play in the AHL until they turn 20. Uh, the dumbest thing to me. <laughs> they have so to dumb. turn 20 by December 31st of that season to be eligible. Mm-hmm. So Ryder Korzak, who was drafted the same year as Othman, is eligible because he turns 20 this calendar year. But Othman was born January 5th, so he misses the cutoff by five days. Oh, wow. So that puts you in a situation with Othman where – once you send him back to the Flint Firebirds, you cannot call him up midseason. Mm-hmm. Once a player is assigned to juniors, they have to finish their season and they can only be called up once their team is eliminated. So I, I think Othman has a better chance of making the team out of camp just to see what they have because they don't have the flexibility with a call up as they do with Will Cooley, who's going to be in Hartford. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I would love to see him there. I, I think if they're, the, the issue is right now this team is contending or at least trying to contend. So, and I'm sure they're well, going to be very careful with him too. There is a, there is a very uh, on point comparison to Brandon Hoffman in that situation. And that is in the 2014, 15 season. Yeah. Anthony Duclair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mentioned him the other day to Johnny that that was the exact example I used because he's a guy who, you know, we tried it out with him and they, they gave up on him too early or what, or what, like 30 games. Yeah. He played well, so the reason, okay, so this is, uh, this, it's getting very technical here, but <laughs> if a player is, uh, has not played in the NHL yet, your first pro season uh, only counts after you're on the team for 40 games or more. That's either playing or as a healthy scratch. Right. And you need seven pro seasons to be eligible for unrestricted free agency. So if Othman is on the team this season for more, for 40 games or more, he would be UFA eligible at age 26 instead of age 27. Right. So even if Alfred makes the team, I expect the Rangers to send him back to Flint in early January around the 40th game of the season. Mm-hmm. Didn't Niels play 41? <laughs> didn't he play like, didn't Niels just pass the threshold this year? Yeah, but for Niels, it doesn't really matter because he's already 21. And right. So he's not going to make the cutoff before 27 anyway for unrestricted free agency. His entry-level contract is also not slight eligible, so that's not a concern. Yeah. Uh, with Offman, I don't think they're necessarily that worried about his entry-level contract sliding because sometimes it's more beneficial to burn a year off the contract because you get to extend them earlier. Right. Um, but it's the 40-game threshold that's that's going to be an issue. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, in his first NHL season, was sent down after exactly 39 games by the Edmonton Oilers. For the exact same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, and, and there's a variety of different factors that can come into play. I mean, if the Rangers are cruising and Othman does make the team and he's lighting it up, like they might just say, you know what, forget it. We're going to keep him up. But it, it is going to be interesting to see yeah. how that plays out. And, and quickly on, on Duclair, I don't think the Rangers gave up on him. He was just the asset the Arizona Coyotes really wanted in that mm-hmm. Yandel trade. Mm. because Duclair played with Max Domi in juniors yep. and for Canada at the World Junior Championship. So they wanted to rekindle that chemistry. Yeah. And the Rangers came knocking for Keith Yandel. He was he was the first guy they wanted in that trade package. So you have to give you yeah. have to give to get. I don't think it was a bad trade at all. Mm-hmm. Duclair, no, I loved Yandel for us. <laughs> yeah. And 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 Duclair didn't become like a contributor in the NHL until he was on like was fifth fifteen. Yeah, yeah. In Columbus, I think, right? 
Yeah, so he was with us, <laughs> then with the Coyotes, then he went to Ottawa, Ottawa, and then Ottawa, Columbus, Columbus sure. then Panthers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's on his fifth NHL team now, and mm-hmm. he's what 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Rangers gave up good value to get Keith Yandel, who was also good value. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Him. I thought he was great. I loved Yandel too. He I wanted awesome. to extend him so yeah. bad. He was awesome. I guess my last question is, what or who's one prospect? most Rangers fans might not really know about yet, but you think they're going to learn to love and, you know, he might eventually end up playing regularly for the team. Ooh, That's a great question. I, I can only name one. Okay. I think it's going to be Med Rempe who played for the Seattle Thunderbirds this past season. Uh, he's 6'8", 245 pounds. Uh, he's seventh rounder? <laughs> seventh rounder? Uh, six, sixth rounder. Six, sixth yeah. rounder, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, his production in juniors isn't really there, but I, I had a call with him a week or two ago, and it's one of the prospect interviews that's coming up in the coming weeks. And one of the things that really stood out is that, you know, he's, he's forced to hold back in juniors because he's so overpowered. Every time he hits someone into the boards, he gets a game misconduct <laughs> because he's going up against like 16, 17 year olds. Uh-huh. And here's this guy that towers over everyone. Yeah. If you, if you look at the Seattle Thunderbirds, like team photo, it's like someone's dad sneaked into the picture. He's the, uh, what's, what's the tall building in Seattle? The Space Needle or whatever? He's the Space Needle? Like, he's, he's the Space on the Needle on the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I think he's going to be one. And you know what? I'm going to name a second one because I really don't care. Uh, there's a defenseman the Rangers drafted in 2018 from Sweden. His dad is actually a Rangers scout. Uh, Simon Schelberg who played in college the last couple of years. Uh, the Rangers have, I think, one or two more years of eligibility. It's a bit, it's a bit uh, uncertain because of COVID mm-hmm. if we get an extra year of eligibility there. But he's a, he's a defenseman that really put it together the last year and a half. You know, had a really had like a breakthrough season uh, for RPI in, uh, in the NCAA. Yep. And he's moving to, uh, I think, University of Northern Michigan now. Okay. For his, Good for, program. His, for his senior year. Um, I think he could surprise people. Cool. Mm-hmm. I was going to build off your question and say, if there's one prospect that can be somewhat of a sleeper or surprise to make the team next year, who would you have your eye on? To make the team next year. Um, Cause we haven't really actually talked about Bobby Trevigno and he's one that I feel like could be a, yeah. a sleeper. Trevigno is 23 years old. So I mean, how much seasoning in, in Hartford does a guy that's 23 really need? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is we'll a big see. jump. It is a big jump from college to pro to the pros. Right. I think Adam Edstrom from Sweden is gonna is gonna make his NHL debut this upcoming season. Is gonna surprise a couple of people. Um, Edstrom is also a big guy. I think he's six seven mm-hmm. and two hundred and forty pounds. Also six round pick in twenty nineteen. Uh, played in the SHL for the last couple of years. Was a big surprise to even stick with the team at age eighteen a couple of years ago. Um, won the Champions Hockey League with his team, uh, played, made it all the way to the final of the Swedish Championship, um, and really in the playoffs stood out. You know, he's he's like a playoff performer. Okay. So I think I think our fourth line has some some potential uh, some potential young play. We have some potential young players in our system for our fourth line going into the future. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, we want to thank you for all the insight. And honestly, like as Rangers fans, like it is so nice to have you because, like you said, like it is hard to keep up with prospects. There's so many of them and there's so many different leagues and it is nice to go to your page to see all the players that we want to follow for the next couple of years. So um, I also do want to give you like a second to plug whatever you want to plug. I know you got some stuff coming out um, this week and, and your Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So on Twitter, I'm statboy underscore Steven. Um, as I said, during the season, I have daily uh, prospect schedules and recaps. I post stats during the game. So if you ever think something is uh, rare or unique, just check my page. And if it is, there's probably a stat out there, <laughs> uh, a tweet out there about that stat. Um, and yeah, I've been, I'm doing prospect interviews over the, last, over the next couple of weeks. Um, I have Brennan Othman coming up, uh, Matthew Rempe, uh, Riley Hughes, who was a seventh round pick in 2018. Kala Weissen, who was our fourth-round pick in 2021. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Brett Berard spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, so that's going to be a nice write-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I should have enough to cover uh, until the next draft, which uh, is going to be interesting in its own right because the Rangers don't have that many picks, but 
who knows, maybe they'll, they'll make a couple of moves to, uh, to trade back into the first round maybe, or they'll, they'll trade down to add some quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then free agency is going to be interesting. So uh, to me, the off season, it sounds weird to say this, but to me, the off season is maybe the most exciting part of hockey season. Uh-huh. There is so much changing. All the drama. Uh, there is a lot of drama. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you if you like updates on prospects, just definitely follow me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, but I'm not that active there. Um, so it's mostly Twitter. Uh, and if anyone is on HF boards, it's a hockey forum. My username there is Amazing Criderman. So <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, this we, was awesome. We really want to thank you. We definitely want to have you back on as we get closer to the season to talk about lineup changes and, and other prospects to look out for yeah. going into yeah, next we, year. Yeah, we can maybe do like a like a, a post draft recap or something. Yeah. Cool. All it, right. was, it was it was fun. Uh, it was fun recording with you guys, and uh, look forward to doing it again. Yeah, Stephen. Thank you so much. Seriously, we appreciate it. All right. Thanks, have man. See ya. Bye. We really want to thank Stat Boy Steven for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Obviously, he made some really good points, and it is tough to keep up with so many prospects throughout the year, but it's obviously something to keep your focus on this summer as we try to figure out this Rangers roster for next season. I don't really have many other thoughts. Cody, is there anything you want to talk about in the ending before we wrap up? No, I thought I thought it was uh, really interesting to learn about some guys we might not know about, and you made a great point about Burard. I I, I you know, he was like all the talk during those juniors, right? Like yeah, he was, the world juniors. He was all the talk. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of his development and then the whole Othman Cooley situation. It's funny because when we talked to Vince, Vince was like, Cooley's going to be the guy, not Othman, because Othman, you know, they want to avoid a type of situation like a Niels or like a, uh, even a Duclair or whatever. Like, so it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. And I, I feel like, our top six probably is set after we get in whoever, whoever we choose with that two C position or, or whatever direction we go. Like our top six is basically set. So at this point we're looking at like bottom six guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And why are you giggling at me? I have to tell you a funny story after <laughs> <laughs> sharing's caring. Um, no, but yeah, no, that's, that's okay. That's, <laughs> that's really it. Um, yeah. Other than that, we'll have a great episode for you next week. And, um, you know, tune in. We got some really good guests lined up and, and excited to share with you guys. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.